0: I, start this
1: I don't again. remember. There's music that you <laughs> edit in, and that seems like it does the job.
0: Edit is a big word.
1: <laughs> you put it on the side. You bookmark it. I
0: do. Welcome to Notably Niche. I'm <laughs> Kat. Your mic. Mike. We're so giggly today.
1: We haven't done this in a while. We
0: haven't. I'm so happy that we're back. I am hydrated. I am extremely caffeinated. And I am finally medicated. Woo! I am so happy because I'm on antidepressants.
1: Get it. (laughs) On the flip side, I am dehydrated. I am unmedicated. I'm exhausted. And I cried for like 30 minutes today. So, plus, it was only 30 minutes.
0: (laughs) Hey, progress is progress. And
1: I'm, what, 80% through my Topo Chico? Not sponsored.
0: That is hydrated. (sighs) That's hydration. Is it? Yes. It's Topo Chico really it, hydration? It has minerals. Mm.
1: <laughs> we'll debate that on another episode. What are we talking about today?
0: Well, okay, do we want to jump right into it? Or it's been a while. Do we want to catch up a little bit? Oh
1: yeah, let's catch up. Where? What have you been doing? What life-changing events have you gone through?
0: I feel like I've gone through a few. Like I said, I started medication, mental health matters, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. I was ashamed for a very long time, but I finally talked to my doctor. I am on antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, and I'm, I feel the best I have ever felt. Like, I don't ever remember in my entire life, adult life, feeling this good. So. It's a good place to be. It is a good place to be.
1: And that's all? Like, you haven't been doing anything this entire summer?
0: Like, literally nothing. No. <laughs> I got a new job. That's fun.
1: You have no idea how happy I am for you your Like,
0: job. I just, Yeah. I have left education.
1: <laughs> and I have not. I think it's the first time we're actually stating where where we kind of met. Yeah, you left yeah. education and I am in education still. okay but starting a new job as well.
0: That I know I so ex- I know I'm so excited for you. Like I feel like well one thing for me that has always given me a lot of anxiety is meeting new people. So starting a new job is like the most anxiety ever to ever feel. That doesn't it wasn't even a sentence but it's how I felt. Uh, no, I
1: think it's it's right on the nose. For me it was like I got to meet my faculty last week for the first time and they're all like really cool people but because you still don't know anybody mm-hmm. and I think about how many years I had to spend just with us before I was like, "Oh, I think I know you now." Yeah. It's just a weird transition. It is. You yeah. want to go in, you want to be full like support but also you want to guard and make sure you're like, I want to make sure I'm doing this the right way. Mm-hmm. I want Would you... to to feel naturally.
0: Yeah. Would you say you feel alien?
1: Oh, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> I do feel a little alien. In fact, is that our topic for the day? It
0: is. <laughs> First question. Do you identify as human or non-human?
1: I identify as a biological
0: a biological what?
1: I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think he, I do. <laughs> this is such a weird conversation. Yes, I identify as a human. Same. Uh, but I honestly, I feel like there should be a better term for it. Because if we delineate like names for things based off of where they are originated, mm-hmm. then should we just be earthlings? Yeah. I, I am yes. an earthling.
0: But then, I mean, we don't know where these biologicals no. are from, so we can't correctly true. identify them. So we almost have to identify them through the negation of what we know.
1: As a nerd, I like call myself a Terran. Because of how many source materials use that as our our like name. Mm
0: -hmm. Shout out to Ursula Le Guin.
1: Uh Uh (laughs) Terran. The
0: best author. No, I have. Yes. Okay. So our topic today is aliens. I have been both so invested in the new conversation and also completely unfazed.
1: As I think most of mm-hmm. society is.
0: Are you surprised by how unfazed you are?
1: No. Uh, I remember whenever I woke up and the first time I heard anything about like, oh, you know, there's people testifying that, that we like confessing that we have aliens. I was like, yeah, i not. No shit. We have it. <laughs> like, why would we be so freaking <laughs> uh I'm trying to be the best word for this? Not insensitive.
0: I feel like it's arrogant. Arrogant.
1: Stuck up to think like we are the only existence as and like our planet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then everything else. like no. Now do I think anything is like ours?
0: Oh, absolutely not. I, I would hope
1: so. not <laughs> for, for <laughs> I their sake.
0: No, <laughs>
1: don't be human. Save them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I uh, I I do remember uh whenever I was in middle school. We were driving down Massey Tompkins Road. I was in I can't remember it was the maybe it was the elementary. We were in the the Jeep Cherokee. And I remember being in the back and driving, and I saw this, like, green thing just sitting in the sky. And this is before drones, before we had, like, little toy drones, before uh, we, ha- there was no light there. It was in a dark. Like, I kept thinking, like, trying to find a way to be like, it has to be this, this, this. But I had to convince myself that I did not see it. And now this popped up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say that I saw an alien there. Then. Mm-hmm. They didn't see me or they didn't care because why would you? <laughs> but that was my my half contact with, <laughs> with an alien race.
0: Is that your only half contact with alien race? I don't know.
1: Honestly, and this is where I, I love deep diving into things like uh, uh, when you talk about like metaphysics or uh, mm-hmm. parallel universes and things. It's like, you know, we could easily just be living alongside other entities that can see and interact with us and we can't see them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing. Hello to you all in the room if you're with me. But like...
0: Sit down. Yeah. We'll introduce you.
1: And also subscribe to our podcast (laughs) of Notably Niche. But no, I don't know. What about you? Have you ever had encounters or things where you're like, this is is weird. This is quirky.
0: So I personally haven't. But um, when I was growing up, we used to go to this church camp. Um, very often. Um, and there was one group of people that we would go with, um, that would stay in the boys' cabins. And I remember one morning they all were like almost in tears, like very scared. And I would say they were like freshmen or sophomore at the time. Um, and nobody, and they didn't want to talk about it at all. And then a few weeks later, I was dating one of them and they finally said, no, it was so weird. All of a sudden we saw like this huge blue light and like everybody saw it, it was very quick. There was a blue light, there was like a weird noise and then it went away and nothing else. And I was like, you're crazy. It's a sin to believe in aliens, blah, 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 blah. You know, we're the only ones here. All of that because I drank the Kool-Aid. But um, but now thinking back, I I totally believe that they had some kind of interaction. And so I don't, I've never had an interaction like that where I'm like, oh, I saw aliens or I witnessed something. But I also am of the frame of mind that it is extremely arrogant and naive for us to think that we are the only intelligent quotes air quotes intelligent species to exist ever anywhere that's ridiculous absolutely not no there are aliens i didn't need the government to tell me that
1: you know what i love about like the arrogance and how i know like yes we are it would be arrogant of us to say that we are the only intelligent uh life forms ever in existence but also the proof that i only need that we are not as intelligent as we think you are, is the apathy that we have for when this came out. It was, it felt like that scene in Independence Day when they all went up to the build, like top of the the Empire State or whatever building they're on to like party with signs like saying like, we're here for you and then they just get obliterated. I I felt like everybody was just like, yeah, we could care less. But also if they want to come down and like, Mm-hmm. say hi by all means like
0: <laughs> yeah i loved i also like i really leaned into that mentality of, of that apathy of like and are show they paying us. my bills? Sh- show us, like, and I feel like a lot of people are like, "Oh, why aren't we more scared? Why aren't we more upset about this? This should be like rocking our world, changing our lives." I was like, "It's not." Do I? St- I still have to go to work tomorrow. This is not important. Capitalism still exists because the like, no, this is not important. Also, if this is real, none of this is real. <laughs> I've also been reading a lot of philosophy this summer. (laughs) Conversations
1: are going to turn this time.
0: So, like, that's also how I'm feeling, too. It's like, of course there are aliens. Of course there are other, like, galaxies that have intelligent life. We are nothing.
1: But also, why would this be the thing that we need to start worrying about?
0: Out of all
1: the things that are currently (laughs) in existence right now that could easily take us out.
0: Exactly. Fires in Maui.
1: Eh. Oh, oh, there's yeah.
0: aliens! <laughs>
1: Did okay. you see uh, that there? There was a a comet that that impacted, or and they were like, we couldn't even see it because it came from the direction of the sun. No. And they were like, we You have all these other asteroids and whatever, and like we all we know which ones are catastrophic, and we're like in this beautiful zone where nothing will hit us. But there's this one that came from the direction of the sun, so we couldn't track it, and it just like, <laughs> but it was not not big enough to do it. <laughs> Tonight okay. wasn't the night. <laughs> but no, I'm like, there are so many things that could easily take us out. Why am I going to spend one more second worried about, oh, but what about the aliens do it? So be it. Yeah. Take me now.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like they would have a way of ending us in a very painless way. Which it's like I'm okay with. Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> Too soon?
0: <laughs> no. No, I think that's a that's a oh. good one. They're going to give us, like, our last piece of chocolate. They're going to oh. make a little, like, hand print imprint of us. Just, I don't know.
1: And then we cross that uh, rainbow bridge.
0: Cross that rainbow to bridge. To the farm. What, what would it be if for us... For me? For humans. It would be a rainbow bridge. It would be...
1: <laughs> I'm queer, cat. It would be a rainbow bridge. I guess
0: you're right. That was
1: best I mean
0: (laughs) delivery ever
1: I've had a like I said not not well slept not not hydrated English is not working well so this is what you get
0: oh it's working even better than Um, you think
1: (laughs) so what about alien adjacent are there other things that are alien adjacent that would not surprise you if we were like oh yeah we have proof that's been here this is
0: Oh, abs- that n- no. That, w- that wouldn't surprise.
1: <laughs> okay, me. that's the show. Bye. No, that
0: wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay, so here's the thing. Like
1: cryptids. Let's I'm, just get no, into it. I'm tr- cryptids. I'm trying
0: to figure out a way to word this. It because I don't fully understand it, so the way I word it is not going to sound right. Lay it
1: on me. No, I, w- <laughs> so, I want the full unedited. So
0: we'll- like quantum mechanics, right? <laughs> You know how things can get really, really small, and they just get smaller and smaller and smaller, but it's still, like, an ecosystem. Things work the other way, too. Oh, yeah. So, like, things are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's just a bigger ecosystem. So, like, if you can go down infinitely, you can go up infinitely.
1: (laughs) You really did read a lot of philosophy. You are...
0: That's not even it. (laughs) But
1: no, we've had this conversation before where, uh, well, I guess not. I always like to preface whenever I'm in that state of mind. And usually it's if I'm a little bit intoxicated that mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to have a good conversation. I'll sit. I'll start by saying, hey, have you ever zoomed out? And that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Because I'm like, if you zoom out to the point that we are insignificant, which I already know we are insignificant as, Very. as a creation. But if you zoom out far enough and you see how insignificant we are, that means there's other things parallel to us that you're also Mm -hmm. looking at that are also insignificant. Yes. Because I've zoomed out and now there's something else. There's another layer of ecosystem of life. Mm -hmm. What is it? I want to know. But not that desperately. No.
0: (laughs) No. Also, okay. I don't. What do you think they look like?
1: I don't. I honestly don't think that we will be able to see what they look like. I don't think we have that like, capability. Y-
0: like the the mental capacity to like process that information, like visual information. Kind
1: of, which is a very Lovecraftian kind of thing. Of, no, like, but I
0: totally like, like. I totally understand. But you know what I mean?
1: Like whenever they like, if you look at something that's beyond your comprehension, that you would mm-hmm. just go insane. The idea of like you couldn't process what it is. Yeah. I kind of feel maybe not the insane part. But I feel like we have seen things and we look at them, but because of our scope of vision, mm-hmm. we we see part of it. Yeah. And we don't see the whole thing. And so we just see it as, oh, that's a nothing because we can't see a face. Mm-hmm. Humans are all about faces. We want to see yeah. eyes and a brain. And like it, that doesn't, just because that's how we exist doesn't mean that everything has to exist that way. Yeah. So for me, I, I couldn't even imagine mm-hmm. how to describe them.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a really good way of putting it. I think because of the way that we process visual information, we try to like describe things as what they look like and
1: compared to us.
0: Yes. Compared to us and compared to things in our world that we know. So if we were to, for example, open up that, that cube inside of a sphere, or is it a sphere inside of a cube? I can't remember. Um, if we were to open that up and see this biological non-human thing, we wouldn't n- be able to even conceptualize or even recognize that it is a biological non-human because it doesn't look like anything we would expect it to.
1: Well, and this is the part I've, I've honestly, because I didn't want to spend my time trying to dig into it too much, whenever they announced it, I immediately was like, oh, we have a humanoid character. That they're gonna show us. And then I was like, no. Why would it have to be humanoid? Mm-hmm. That's the point of human, is that yeah. that's our perspective. I was like, it could literally be dust mm-hmm. or liquid of some kind. Yeah. And they're like, there's life in it that's more intelligent than us.
0: <laughs> literally <laughs> ooze, anything.
1: Yeah, this ooze <laughs> <I'm in> ooze. <laughs> he I'm ooze. Counts. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> <Which> sticks Sorry. Wizard sticks. <laughs> but no, I mean that that's my thing is like it it could be anything, which is why I say like it could be that they're already here or even the fact that they're there that might might not <laughs> be part of their identity like like i mean, i don't know I can go on a long, long what do you mean so like we we're learning really quickly, not quick enough. That in human society, we have constructed so many rules about how to describe ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're breaking away from them, especially in the queer community where we're saying, you know, this is a social construct. Yes, it will help me describe in relationship to other people what it is. But this doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. Gender does not define Mm -hmm. me. Uh, My uh, (laughs) genitalia does not define me. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that we're breaking down and I feel like maybe other life forms I can't expect them to have that. I can't I w- expect them to yeah. have male female.
0: I would almost be surprised if they had some kind of construct like that because I would imagine that other life forms in other galaxies would evolve in a way. I honestly, I just expect any other life form to be more intelligent than us to kind of overcome the need for those social constructs. I would hope. I would also hope sake. that
1: they were more, I mean, for our sake as well, that they were a peaceful <laughs> organism. Please. But also because I would hope that they would evolve enough to get rid of the divisiveness that yeah. we have as a culture. Because mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, and this is such a hippie thing, but that's kind of who I am. If that divisiveness of the human race would just be eliminated, mm-hmm. I think we would be fine. Yeah. But that's just the natural trait of our survival. Mm-hmm. We are an organism that... We're parasites for the most part. Yeah. Like, we we latch onto things and we drain it. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa. This is a dark yeah. episode. All of
0: this to say, I think everybody should read The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin. It is all about aliens and gender and being genderless. It are is, you being serious? Yes. It is the most phenomenal book. Well, maybe not the most because The Dispossessed by her is also one of my favorite books. It... That book completely changed how I look at gender.
1: And who's the author again?
0: Ursula K. Le Guin.
1: Who's that author again?
0: Ursula K. Le Guin.
1: All right. So Ursula K. Le Guin, we're going to have to get you on. Yes. <laughs> to have a chat with you. I'm excited. Dead, but. You know what? <laughs> I have a Ouija board and we have all the time. <laughs> oh,
0: what I wouldn't give to channel Ursula K. Le Guin and thank her for Cat Wings. The children's book?
1: Oh my <laughs> you You're invested in this one obviously. I
0: love her. I love her. I'll She's check the it best. out. I'll check it out. All right. Should we get into some questions? Yes, because it's right. been a while. It has been.
1: Oh, before we get into the questions, can I tell you a completely side story? Please. I don't know if I shared this with you, but I I hope uh just in because a lot of these questions are about like uh it's digging into a lot of your who are you. Because remember, mm-hmm. all these questions that we're doing are from the 36 New York Times, like best questions to get to know somebody. And they're all centered around not being yes or no questions. Yes. They're open-ended and they have conversation. I like
0: how I responded to that with yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm asking horrible questions. But no, they're open-ended to give that natural conversation mm-hmm. kind of piece to it. Because that's really how you get to know people, is digging into a conversation. But over the summer, I uh, I was traveling and I went to, uh, was in Florida for a couple of weeks and went to Dallas and then I went to San Jose, California. And... I did something way out of my comfort zone. Did tell you that I went to uh, a nude beach. (gasps) And I went to a Korean spa. I have been naked in front of so many people. Well, not the nude beach because I didn't get naked. I got naked in the water. Okay. But that was only because (laughs) I I didn't realize that whenever I put my swim trunks on, I had my underwear on as well. Mm -hmm. And they were starting to like ride up. So I was like, I got to take these off. But I was so uncomfortable with my body that I didn't do it on the beach. I went into the water first mm-hmm. and then took them off. Okay. And, but, you know, I still took it as a step. I was Progress. at a nude beach. But then we went to a Korean spa and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to fight this mm-hmm. body shame thing. Head yeah. On. It was the most uplifting experience I've ever been in.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Like, Just to not care about what other people will think or judge you for for your body.
0: Well, and I feel like those are the, like, if you are somebody who struggles with, like, body issues or anything like that. (laughs) Right here. Which a lot of people do. You are not alone. um, That's one of the most comfortable places to do it because it's. I mean, I'm not going to say it's expected at all of those places, but it's, like, encouraged and welcomed.
1: Well, see, that was the thing. At the spa, it was expected. Oh, it wow. Was, there was, like, zones for, like, oh, you're going to have some dry uh, saunas where you can sit in your, like, lounge attire that, I'm not going to lie, looked real culty. <laughs> I looked like I was on Squid Game. It was, <laughs> it was interesting. But uh, it, was, it was nice shared spaces, and then there were wet areas, but in the wet areas, you had had to be naked. You couldn't be in the swim trunks. You couldn't, mm-hmm. uh, you had like a little dish towel that was your, your whole towel, mm-hmm. a rag. <laughs> and you could only have one. And those things were sopping wet by the time you were ready to get out. So mm-hmm. you had to go throw it away and go get another one just to dry yeah. yourself off. But whenever I went in there, like, I I was nervous. Uh, I, and then a couple of the people that I was with that were doing the same workshops with me, and they went and we were all mutually like, hesitant mm-hmm. for the same reasons just there's a lot of body not body shaming but uh body dysmorphia yeah. body uh when your self-esteem is so low mm-hmm. that you're just like that no I can't yeah there was a lot of us sharing that and we all kind of tackled it together so when we came out we spent so much time there and we left just feeling the most relaxed I've ever felt
0: I, I love that that's full so side cool Sorry. hold on let me And
1: then the aliens came.
0: And then the aliens came. Okay. All right. Let's get into these questions. We have been going through the 36 questions to fall in love. um, And we've been taking turns asking these questions. I don't remember where we left off, but I did the intro today. So I think you should ask the first question.
1: All right. I'm pretty sure it's this one, but I mean, honestly, I could be wrong. What is your most terrible memory? Because I think the last one we did, uh, we were talking about what our greatest memory was, yeah. our greatest achievement. And this one flips heavily into it the does. other direction.
0: Oof, what my, is your
1: most terrible memory?
0: My most terrible memory. I'm trying to think. So emotions are very difficult for me. So I'm glad it's a very vague like description of terrible, not saddest or scariest. Because terrible to me just means negative so i'm gonna go through the filing cabinet in my brain to try to find a time where i was very upset is it weird that i think i block out a lot of terrible memories okay
1: see that was my thing because i was going through my brain and then very first image i got was just like a black screen and i was like wow that's weird it is weird but I wasn't trying to divide it into sad and difficult. I, I was going straightforward for like, what is the absolute worst I've ever felt? And then I was like, ooh. Yeah. And you, well, whenever you said it could be sad or difficult, I was like, oh, there's lots of ways I can interpret this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have one that's pretty raw because of how recent it is. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't mind sharing it. I had an employer at one point who, uh, along my journey of finding myself this last couple of years... I came out as Mm non-binary and I finally felt comfortable to be like, hey, I want to share my pronouns. So I shared that I would prefer to go by with they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. Also stating, I don't care. If you say he, him, she, her, I work with kids and when they say stuff, it doesn't bother me. That's not the point. I'm not teaching syntax grammar. I'm I'm literally, whatever. I don't care. But if it's a professional thing and we're friends especially, I want to encourage that you see me for who I am. Yes. And I had an employer tell me that I needed to change myself because it would be better for the rest of us, for all of us, if you would go back to he, him. And it was crushing. Mm-hmm. And not even crushing of just like, oh, this bothers me. I was sickened with humanity at that point. I was like, I, know. Yeah couldn't imagine someone just straight up saying that to another person, looking them in the eyes and saying that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that hands down is probably one of my worst.
0: Yeah. I think, God, I, I still remember like the conversations that we had. And I know I tried really hard at that time to be strong for you. I was torn up. Like I remember going to a friend at work and just, Balling because knowing what you were going through and knowing that I wasn't physically there in the building broke my heart. But I am so happy that you are on the other side now. Yes, and yes, I am. You're no longer in that situation. So happy. I think one of my most terrible memories is it was, um, it was probably over like a, I feel like it had to have been like a six month period between 2008 and 2009 when my three closest friends moved away. When I was like just getting into college I remember I had just met um I had just met my husband so we were still getting to know each other. My three closest friends who I relied on for absolutely everything moved away and I remember it was like one after the other and like two of them Went to college, which, I mean, they were going to come back. Like, it wasn't that bad. But it just felt like I was losing everyone I knew at that time. Um, at that time, I was also going through what we call, like, a deconstruction of religion. So I w- had also, like, recently like moved away from, or, or, like, stopped going to church regularly. Um, so I lost that community. And I was just finding my adult friends and they were slowly leaving. So it felt so lonely. And I remember in that period of time, just crying so often. And it wasn't because like, I, th- I think there have been times more in my adult life where I've cried more often, but it's more like due to like depression and stuff. But this one, I remember so specifically feeling so alone And I feel like that's one of my most terrible memories.
1: You know what a terrible time period is I think for everybody. And it's, I I feel like it's a shared experience that people don't talk about because it sucks. Mm -hmm. Especially for queer individuals or queer adjacent, queer friendly individuals, allies. It's, you are not granted permission to fully live Mm -hmm. a safe and expressive childhood or a, Going through puberty, not I mean this is not a uh, overgeneralized. Some people did, and congrats for yes. you. I do not wish for you to go through it. Like mm-hmm. you're not missing out because you had a safe upbringing, but most people are going through shit, mm-hmm. turbulence, and they have to find ways to survive and kind of mask up and change who they are to get through. And then they reach that point around college where when people graduate high school and they start taking off going different directions, you lose the only like minute amount of control that you had and stability. Mm-hmm. And it is isolating and scary to yeah. realize I don't know who I am and I have to start figuring myself out. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, that took to my thirties. Yeah. But I, th- I don't know. I feel like that it's a raw time when you have everybody or you feel like you have everybody kind of yanked away from you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and you're right. It is such a shared experience that nobody nobody really talks about, but everybody knows. Yes. Because everybody goes through it. And I remember, I remember feeling, because up until then, uh, you're a kid going through high school. Uh, you graduate high school, and you tell everybody, "Oh, we're gonna be friends forever," and you don't see them ever again. So when these friends that I had made were leaving and we were all telling each other, "Oh, we're going to be friends forever." I didn't believe it. Thankfully, all three of them are still like my best friends. Like I still talk to them often, see them multiple times a year. So thank thankfully. But yeah, like I was so scared that those people were going to be just like through all of the rest of the relationships that just fizzled after high school.
1: You know, it's kind of funny, if if I can share this, Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the first stipulations I think our current mutual friend group, Mm -hmm. uh, the D&D group, made was, I just want to, I think you even said this, I just want y'all to know, if y'all decide that y'all need to leave at any time, that's cool and I understand it. I'm I'm happy knowing that we had this time. Like, you were very clear of, like...
0: It was me. We're
1: not going to say that we are...
0: Friends forever. Friends
1: forever. Yeah. It was really like, Mm -hmm. hey, this is our time. And if things happen, if you get married, if you have kids, like we were very upfront about Mm -hmm. if these things happen, we understand that we're not priority. And I loved that. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't (laughs) have to stress out about, oh, but I got to make sure I check in every single day. Mm -hmm. But no.
0: Yeah. Empty promises. Empty promises. Empty promises hurt worse than parting words.
1: <laughs> Look at you. Philip. At come on, come through me, philosophy. Right? All right, you want to do one more?
0: Let's do one more.
1: If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living and why? One year only.
0: One year. I just think I would travel more. That's it. Like, I, I love where I'm at right now. And there's nothing about my life currently that I, like, needs changing. Except that I just want to see more things.
1: You're so kind-hearted. <laughs> like, my chaotic nature immediately goes to, I'm punching somebody. I'm getting in the fight that I wanted to get I'm into. I'm going to jail. I'm go- yeah, seriously. What are you going to do? Lock me up. Get, what death, For
0: two years?
1: Death row. Uh, like, no, like my my brain, it goes lots of different places because I feel like you could be hella petty. And you're just you like, could. ding dong. Hey, Martha, you remember in sixth grade? Pop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could like get revenge on everybody you wanted to. Or there's those people who are like, oh, I'll just travel and go do all the things that I like. That's, mm-hmm. that's a nicer way to go. I appreciate that. I probably wouldn't change a damn thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I already kind of live that mindset. I mean, how many times growing up in the in the church were you told yeah. you're not guaranteed tomorrow? I know. You're Today's
0: not gu- the day that the end is nigh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the person on on the side of the road holding the, that sign, that's exactly what it said. The end is near. Hmm.
1: But you know, like that idea of like I've always been told, you don't have tomorrow, which is true. I am not true. saying yeah. that is not true. We However, may not even have a year. Exactly. The aliens. We already the talked aliens. about this. I
0: know. Take me now.
1: But no, like if if I'm not guaranteed time, I've already known that and it has not changed anything. Yeah. These aliens have shown up. Someone could have said, and they are threatening nuclear war on me. So are other so countries. So work is canceled. Exactly. Like- are you going to pay my rent? Are you <laughs> gonna, Are you going to feed me or get groceries because I don't want to go to H-E-B?
0: Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. I, th- I would just travel more. But I think the only reason I not the only reason the reason I wouldn't go and just ruin somebody else's life is cuz I would die, but then they would still be there dealing with all of that hurt.
1: Oh, I guess in my mindset I was thinking like we're all going.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, that changes everything. If we're
1: all going, I'm going to give you Oh, in. if
0: we're all going?
1: Ding dong boom.
0: I don't know if I would ding dong boom, but god, money would not be an object. Oh, anymore. my savings
1: would be depleted. You wanna see how extravagant I can be?
0: You wanna see how many food? cards I can open? Cards? Pokemon cards? What do you mean? <laughs> Bank
1: cards, like a debit card, like a credit card. Like I would be maxing out.
0: I thought you were gonna just go ham my on a whole bunch edition of. Pokemon Charizard. Cards.
1: The ones that my kids gave me that I, I love. Okay, so it's complete. Once again, side note. I love whenever kids come up at school and they're like, Oh, you like you like Pokemon? Because I work in the elementary. And they'll they'll hand me the the card, they're like, I, I got you this for you. And I make a big deal about it, I'll put it up and post it. I was building a team. And then all the kids walk by and they're like, Oh, that's a rare card. No, it's not.
0: I've had I, 17 of yeah. these. <laughs>
1: Or they'll come up to be like, oh that one's scratched. You're not gonna get much for it. Do you think I'm retiring off of this <laughs> Pokemon card?
0: You opened it
1: <laughs> You can't take it out of box. Not out of box.
0: Oh that's that's what I get for misunderstanding. I'm sorry. Again, that no, the- <laughs> that's an amazing tangent. I love it. No, oh, Man, if we were all to go in a year, do we all know? Cause if we all know
1: No, it's- it says well, yeah, it's as if you knew that in one year, you would die suddenly. So if we all knew. By the way, this is a great pitch for this Netflix.
0: Would, this would be chaos. It is The Purge. For a year. For a
1: year. This would be terrifying.
0: I'm okay. too scared I would just kill myself.
1: Uh, like <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, I can't mm. do it.
0: I can't do it. Nope. I could. Zombie apocalypse? You know what? We're going to come
1: can't. back to this because we're going to talk about it. If... If there were a zombie apocalypse, I want to see what you would do. Like, I
0: I just told you what I would do.
1: No, 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 no. I want you to try. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) That's me trying. That's the best possible outcome of that situation.
1: I would give it the best go I could. Like, I'm not a prepper. I'm not a planner. But I have instincts. I'll figure some stuff out.
0: And you know, no, I I know 100% that that's what I would do. But... You want to know the the saddest part is I actually think I could be pretty successful in a zombie apocalypse.
1: I know you could.
0: But I refuse. But would you want to? <laughs> I, no, I don't want to. I refuse to let myself endure any kind of discomfort. And fear is one of the biggest discomforts I have.
1: What if we get bird box it Like we knew there was a place we could be. We're like, we're good.
0: I'd be blind? No. No. <laughs> guy, I'm talking
1: about. Sandra Bullock got there she just had to blindfold herself (laughs) with boy and girl (laughs) why
0: would I give up more senses
1: (laughs) I remember walking uh, with our friend Josh uh, a long time ago and we used to be like in running club stuff and we were walking up this large hill in uh, one of the old town cities and there was (laughs) this house that looked like a fortress Mm -hmm. and as we were walking we both were just like this, this would be great if, if if a zombie apocalypse were to happen we would just come here
0: mm-hmm.
1: we'd have to take care of the people who are already here but you know what that's just yeah. a minor that's future use problem. Yeah.
0: yeah mine was always um, inside of a Walmart oh,
1: I feel like that would be a bad place especially if it's a zombie apocalypse because think about the amount of people returning inside of those high pack places and a Walmart
0: yeah you're right I don't want the people yeah. of Walmart zombies <laughs>
1: We're coming back. We're going to have a zombies episode because I had so many questions I, about this. I bet. that's right. I want to do one more because okay, this is more. number 19 and I don't like that. We're going to 20, 20. for Even the sake of, of brain. Even numbers. What does friendship mean to you?
0: Aww. It's, we're going to end nicely.
1: We are going to end nicely. I guarantee nicely. you we're going to twist this one into something <laughs> dark.
0: Friendship means healthy boundaries with no judgment. Like I know that I could tell you literally anything and you could tell me literally anything, but at any point either one of us could set a boundary and I know that we would both honor it. Absolutely. That's what friendship means to me.
1: Okay. So what are the, what are the levels of friendship? Cause like for me, whenever like friendship is such a broad term, mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who I can talk honestly with, but not openly with. Yes. Like I can give you my opinion mm-hmm. if it's wanted and I'm not in a place where I feel like threatened. Yeah. But I, but even with some of those peoples, is it like congeniality? Is it just being nice for the sake of having somebody feel safe? Mm-hmm. I do that a lot with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when especially when I'm in a new space, I will bend over backwards to make somebody feel like they belong, mm-hmm. which they already do. But I can, if I can tell you're on the sidelines, yeah, I will figure out a way, even if it takes uh, at the detriment of myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Working on that, that is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like congeniality is something. There's uh, being a colleague. Yes. I have colleagues who I go and I'm like, I cannot wait. If they're not at work, why am I at work? Mm -hmm. Like they they give me purpose, but still they don't have to know me fully. Yeah. And then there's like friendship, whereas like I trust people and there are boundaries, but I feel like there's even something beyond that. I I guess the simple term would be best friend, but even that doesn't feel right. Yeah,
0: that doesn't feel right either because I don't know. And like, I know we use the word family with each other a lot. Um, And I feel like to me, that's the most accurate way of describing it. But I know that that's not, I don't know.
1: This is one where I feel like uh, a lot of indigenous cultures have a better wrap around it. Yes. Uh, Even, not even just indigenous cultures, but many cultures have something
0: Mm Uh.
1: I'm thinking uh, going to uh, Anakara. Anakara, uh the idea of like uh, a soulmate, that there are people who you don't even have to talk to them. You just pass by and you, there's times you realize like, yeah. that, I get that person. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that I think I try to find more of and hold on to, mm-hmm. but they're also not meant to be held on to.
0: That's fair. Yeah.
1: So like I have a subset of friends that I see maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm but they're the most meaningful, impactful moments. And then I have my core group Mm -hmm. where it's like, we just, we talk all the time, but it doesn't have to be as serious.
0: Yes. Yeah. No. And I like that. I feel like you probably have a few more categories of friendships, I guess, or relationships rather than I do. Um, Just because I don't feel like I have the emotional energy to pour into a lot of people. So for me, it's probably, like, acquaintances, which includes people I tolerate and colleagues and, like, people I professionally get along with but, like, don't really know anything about me and I don't really care to, like, put anything personal into that relationship. I have people I'm friendly with, where you'll see more of my personality. Um, I'll maybe joke around or be more playful with, but I probably still will always hold back a little bit. And then I have, like, for lack of a better word, my family. Like, it's the people that I have that openness with, and it truly is the most open I feel like I could be with people like just as open as with a spouse. Like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's hard. It's hard to describe that kind of relationship that has no boundaries, but also respects boundaries.
1: Can I ask you a question respecting Mm -hmm. your boundary right now? Yes. uh, Okay. Uh, I know I ask a lot of open-ended questions like this segment. I love mm-hmm. because these are the questions I love. I also have no problem asking this to a complete stranger walking up and
0: wanting I would to never. Know.
1: Okay. That's what I was curious. I
0: would never like, I, let me take that back. I would have no problem asking and having a conversation. The answers I would give would not be the same. Which is why I'm so happy we're doing this podcast, you and me, because in this room, it's just you and me, Mm -hmm. and it's being recorded as if we're talking to each other. But if I were having this same conversation with somebody else, they would not get this answer. But because we're doing this and I'm saying this to you, it's being recorded. So I love that this is giving me an opportunity to give myself, to be more open with people that would otherwise never get to know me like this.
1: I feel like I feel like an emotional slut. <laughs> because thanks. No, 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 no. <laughs> because I do this, I do this with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This is my default. Really. So like over the summer, uh I probably had these same conversations. Not like the same questions. Mm-hmm. But I I probe and I ask because I found in my experience that whenever I and not like off the first date not like hi my name is michael what's your biggest fear are you afraid to die like no we don't jump into it that fast but once i've built up some like a uh, congeniality like i said mm-hmm. it's you see that i i'm making it safe for you i'm trying to establish that i respect your boundaries and i respect your uh, any norms you put in place the moment i feel like we've settled on that i will probably ask a question that's mm-hmm. more of a a rooted out there abstract concept that you have to kind of dig around yourself for. And I'm always nervous that I'm overstepping mm-hmm. because it's so easy to overstep into someone's personal because I, and I feel like I don't ever want anybody to think, uh, Oh, they're trying to get information off of me because that's how I used to think of like mm-hmm. when people would ask me true questions, I was like, well, I'm not telling you cause you're going to use that against me because that's what I was shown yeah. most of my childhood growing up from my relationships with that school was like, people use this against mm-hmm. you. So if I ever do that, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: no. Well, and also if you ever were to do that, I would tell you like, and that's one thing I was going to say, like I would never tell you how to feel, but I wouldn't, if it were me, I wouldn't feel afraid of overstepping because you asking these questions is allowing is, just kind of opening yourself up to let somebody else know that you're safe. If that question makes somebody uncomfortable, like, now the burden is on them to set that boundary. It's not your responsibility to automatically know other people's boundaries. Like, other people need to be able to communicate that. And I know not everybody is able to, or, like, has that self-awareness to know that they need to set a boundary, but, again... You can't know that. You All you're doing is opening yourself up to these relationships, which I think is super awesome. I just could never.
1: What if the aliens are leaving us alone because they're like, they're not ready for these conversations.
0: What if they listen to this podcast <laughs> and they love it so much?
1: They're taking us tonight. Uh.
0: They're taking us tonight, but you know what? They're going to listen to this. And then they're going to tune in next time (laughs) for the next episode of Notably Notably
1: Nish.